This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. to developing your people, it's also very important that you develop your organization. And I just want to mention a couple of things about developing the organization as a leader. You are the curator, if you will, and the shaper of the culture of your organization. And there are a number of elements that make up a healthy culture. For one thing, there are core values. What are your core values? What do you stand for? What do you believe in as an organization? You may have values of excellence or integrity or teamwork or believing that each person is uniquely gifted and talented, believing that people are in the right place at the right time or whatever. You you have some values about respecting others or people being important or whatever those values might be in your case. And from those, you're thinking about and answering questions like, How do we treat the people in our company? How do we treat the people around here, so to speak? Is how you treat the people inside of your company certainly impacts how they in turn will treat the customer. So if you are mistreating your people internally, it's very difficult to expect them to then go out and treat your customers the way that your values might suggest. So practice the values in-house And it'll be easier to manifest them when you're also in a customer's presence. So when you think about how you treat customers, you may be thinking about concepts like always keeping their interests, meaning the customer's best interests in mind. What can you do with your products and services that actually eases their condition or some concern that they might have? How can you treat the customer as a partner, and you're partnering with the customer, even if you're not ultimately responsible for something, ultimately accountable for something, or even to blame, you partner with the customer to find solutions. You're solution-focused, and you're looking at what are some solutions that would make a difference to my customer and that they would appreciate. That's one of the ways, core ways that you're actually adding value. And you're thinking about what's our character? What is it that we want to be known for? We can be known for being trustworthy, for being honest, for being reliable, for caring deeply about what we do. Whatever it is that you want to be known for, you have to commit to that. And you want to articulate it out loud and collectively figure out, well, what does it look like to be trustworthy? What are the actions that go with that? How will we communicate our trustworthiness to others? How will they know that that's what they're seeing? And when we get into a pinch, are we still trustworthy? Do we still live out our character, even in the tough times and conditions? And that's what you will be looking at as well. I find that as organizations are developing the organization and the culture, they're also paying attention to the learning culture because leadership 
and the leadership environment is alive, it's dynamic, it's not static. And so if you are to be effective, you will have to also be alive and dynamic, constantly flexible, agile to really meet the needs of the current situation. That means that as a learning culture, you are tuning up your powers of observation and also of listening. You're listening deeply to understand what's going on around you, including understanding what the customer's dilemmas are, what their priorities are, and what their concerns are. You're listening to identify opportunities, and you're listening so you can hear where you as an organization can further learn, grow, and make changes. Another aspect of developing the organization is resourcing and developing high-performance teams. And as you've heard me say before, I believe that it's high-performance teams that do the bulk of the work in successful organizations. And there are a number of tasks of high-performance teams and what they have to learn critical to their learning aside from the core mission of your organization in terms of your product or service is that high-performance teams communicate at a very advanced and elevated level. So they have to learn to listen to each other, to follow some communication ground rules, and to focus again on the way forward, what they want to do different, rather than pointing fingers of blame at anyone. They're definitely solution-focused, high-performance teams. They're also looking at what they've done before, and they're analyzing it. They're doing that after-action evaluation, that after-action review. They're looking at what went well. They're looking at what didn't go well for the learning points out of it. And so they can craft an even better pathway forward from what they learn. High-performance teams also support each other. They are assembled with people who have complementary skills and abilities. And if they effectively support one another, each person will be able to perform at their best and to really benefit the team. So when you're interacting in these ways that I'm talking about, teams create then better ways to work together, better ways to get the job done, better ways to develop or to deliver the product and or the service. Also, when you're developing the organization, you're also looking at the structures and the systems that support the organization for success. That might be something that's in the IT realm that you need in order to be most successful. Or maybe it's something technical, some equipment you need to manufacture your product. Whatever the team needs, whether it's software, whether it's hardware, whether it's a tool, whether it's a consulting kind of a resource, you are looking to see how can I bring in what my people need to be their best so that's all the structures and systems you're paying attention to. And I think that mindset is an important aspect of this, being open to the learning, open to new thoughts, open to new ways of doing business. And you can start at any time asking, what can we do now? You don't have to wait for perfection to start anything. Start with what you have and perfect that. Work on what you have. And in fact, True perfection, if we get too focused on it, as you know already, is the enemy of excellence. Excellence is available to us every day. Perfection may not be. So go for excellence in that case. 
So I want to remind you that I am conducting interviews with Christian executives, people who are in mid to large size companies, secular organizations that are not necessarily Christian based. And I want to hear about your leadership journey, the ways that you are resourcing your organization, how you're developing your people, how you're developing your culture and your climate, the challenges that you're experiencing, the aspirations that you have. So we'll spend about 30 minutes talking about your leadership journey. I will be developing a paper that I write with all of these results. And as a participant, you will get a copy of that paper. So if you'd like to participate and you meet the criteria that we're looking for right now, meaning an executive in a mid to large size company, a secular organization, contact me at Dr. Karen, D-R period, K-A-R-E-N at transleadership.com. And I'd like to end today's segment with a reading from Acts 2, and this is 44 through 46. The early church was established, it was growing, it was brand new, it was in Jerusalem, and the bulk of the members of that early church were all Jewish people. They were still convening and meeting at the temple and uh, having community with one another. And this is just a picture of the community and culture they created. This is not to say that this is what you have to create. I'm just giving you a picture of what someone else has created. And you'll have to figure out what's the culture that best serves your organization and works best for you. But for their community, let's hear what it looked like. This is Acts 2, starting with verse 44. Now, all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So I hope that you will find ways to eat your food with gladness and that you will find ways to commune daily with one another in one accord in your workplace, moving towards common objectives and goals. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.